Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Monday edition of the program, the Derby behind us now, lots to catch up on, glad you're with us today, we'll be here after kind of an abnormal week, I was out a day, we had Bats baseball during the day, Derby coverage on Friday, back with you Monday through Friday this week live in the 11 o'clock hour, and a reminder, if you can't join us live, you can always catch us as a podcast, we're available uh, really, wherever you listen to podcasts, all you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. So whether you're live with us on the Big X or whether you're on demand via podcast, we're glad to have you with us as we talk IU basketball and football and, of course, sports from a Southern Indiana perspective as well. Let's take a look quickly at the show lineup for this Monday edition of the program here in segment number one, we've got a special guest, Wesley Selahusky. He's an outgoing senior at Floyd Central. He made an announcement late last week that he is going to play Division I college hoops at Air Force, where he will join another Floyd Central product, uh, Jake Hydebreeder. So we'll talk with uh, Big Wesley coming up here in just a few moments. Also, later in the show, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star is with us. We'll catch up on everything IU basketball. A lot to catch up on after last week as we uh, right in the middle of off-season mode. Uh, not a lot of uh, excitement as far as games to look forward to, uh, but there is excitement around the IU program and its recruiting and its transfer portal activity. And of course, the big question is Trace Jackson Davis. Will he keep his name in the NBA draft? Will he pull his name? Will he take advantage of NIL money opportunities? Uh, and return to Indiana for another season. And I think we'll have an answer to that coming up here uh, in a week or so. But uh, that's the big deal when you think about IU basketball for next season. That's the show lineup for this Monday program. The show lineup is a service of Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. You can check out their dinner package deals, which are still being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. A couple other reminders as well. Uh, the Thornton's text line is open. You can send me a text. Your questions, your comments, your topics, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450 is that number. Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items that you need to get your day started. Specifically, their fresh coffee and delicious donuts are great. And again, the Thornton's text line, that number is 502-414-1450. All right, let's uh, get into our first guest today. We uh, do all we can to recognize uh, all the Division I commitments here in our area. 
and great to see another local player going to play D1 hoops next season, and that is Wesley Silahusky of Floyd Central, who was so important and made such big improvements, even between his junior and senior seasons. Wesley, congratulations, and thanks for taking a minute to join us today. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Tell us how the recruitment process went for you as far as finding out Air Force was where you want to go. How did they uh, recruit you? When did that start? And what made you feel so confident that that's where you want to be at for your college years? So they had started recruiting me or started talking to me last summer. I had a few phone calls with some of the assistants. And then once their season started, they stopped talking to me a little bit. And then right after the sectional, uh, one of the assistants started talking to me again. Then I went out on a visit, and then when I was out there, I just thought it was a really great fit. The education's good. The basketball part of it's really good, and I felt like uh, the way they play, that it will help me improve my basketball game. Yeah, most definitely. That's a big decision, and congratulations on that. Uh, one thing that I'll think of with you in your high school time uh, is the improvements that you made between your junior and senior season. Can you talk about uh, what you did to get better, what areas of your game improved? And I think as your game was improving, as you were putting in a lot of hard work in the off season, I think you grew some going into yeah. your senior year as well, which really helped uh, your all-around game. Well, I was uh, – during the off season. I was working out with this place called the Movement Institute. I was going there like three days a week where we'd work on our agility and strength. And then I'd be going over in Louisville and had a basketball trainer over there where we'd work on just shooting and a whole bunch of different basketball skills. And then I'd, you know, I'd go out in the park and play pickup to work on my game there too. So I was always out there doing something trying to get stronger. I thought like that was one thing that helped me during the season. Wesley Sella Husky, our guest, he committed to the Air Force Academy last week. Uh, Jake Hydebreeder, he was a great Floyd Central player as well. He had a really good freshman season there, and you're going to get the opportunity to team up with him again. Uh, how big of a deal is that, to have somebody there that you know that's from your hometown uh, that you can kind of rely upon for some advice and how things go at Air Force? Yeah, he's helped me a lot throughout the entire process. Like I've asked him so many questions that helped me familiarize with just the Air Force and like how all of it works. All right, Wesley, I've got to talk about Floyd Central's team this past season. It's a program with a lot of tradition, and the success has been realized once again in Floyd's Knobs the last few seasons. You got to be part of a sectional championship team uh, this year that had a really good regular season to go on top of that, including a Hoosier Hills Conference championship. In your final year, to help a program that years back had that type of success on a regular basis that's beginning to find itself again. How big of a deal was that for you and for your family and to, to go out with a bang? It, it was a big deal. I really enjoyed playing here. Uh, my, and my mom played here too, so and she was successful here, so it was nice to be able to come in and have a nice successful way uh, going out. I think that's interesting you bring up your mother. I'm not sure a lot of people know that – she was an Indiana All-Star back in her days of playing high school basketball. Yeah, she was an All-Star in 1992. Gotcha. All right, Wesley Sullahusky with us to start our Monday program. He committed to Air Force Academy last week. 
Um, coach Sturgeon is uh, obviously not returning as the coach next year after announcing his retirement, but I know a big part of things over the course of your high school career. Uh, going back to your freshman season, can you kind of take us through the path? I mean, you started, I believe, as a, a junior varsity player for the Highlanders and worked your way into that varsity rotation, but how did you see your role and uh, abilities at the, at the same time almost increase as you went on from season to season? So yeah, I, freshman year I was I was starting on the freshman team. Okay. By sophomore year I played uh, JV, and then going into the junior year I started to get more of a role in varsity where I would just come in, try to bring some energy, get boards and play good defense, and then my senior year I try to step up and become a more of a scorer threat and then continue getting boards and play defense. Wesley, beyond college, I know your focus is with the Air Force Academy, the basketball commitment there, and obviously there's a military component of that decision as well. But do you think the military is a path you would like to pursue beyond college and beyond your commitment there? Or what would a future look like if basketball isn't included beyond college? I could see myself staying in the military and doing something like, I know I'm going to study something in the engineering field. I know, like, a lot of stuff in the Air Force will do is something that can, like, help me continue doing engineering. I'm curious, as you get ready this off season to depart for Air Force in Colorado Springs, Colorado, uh, what, what have the Air Force coaches told you you need to do to take your game to the college level? You've got the size, I think, uh, obviously the height to compete and help at that level right away. But is there anything specific with your basketball skills or maybe with your body that they're telling you to work on before you get to Colorado Springs here later in the summer? They said that I need to work on my strength a lot more. I, I do need to get stronger. And then Coach Scott told me that his, he likes his big guys being able to dribble the ball, pass the ball, so I need to work on my dribbling and passing more. All right, uh, Wesley Sillahusky, my guest. Wesley, we're in that final few weeks of the school year. And as a senior, you got a lot of special uh, events ahead, including obviously graduation. As you look back on your time at Floyd Central and your time playing basketball here in southern Indiana, give us your thoughts and maybe some of the memories. I'm sure the sectional championship will be right at the top of the list, but maybe some things you'll take with you and carry on. I mean, I've enjoyed this entire experience. I know probably my top memory is winning sectionals. Is I worked on with this one of my biggest goals throughout the years. I wanted to win. I wanted to keep winning, and maybe something that that will go on with me is to always work hard, continue working hard, and you'll get wherever you want to go. All right, Wesley Sella Husky, uh, committed to Air Force after a great career as a Highlander at Floyd Central. I called you Big Wes. Uh, I hope that's okay all season long on our radio coverage as we followed the Highlanders through the tournament. So it was really a joy to watch your game come together and to see you have the success. And I know your stats were impressive for your senior year, uh, but I'm not sure the average person uh, realizes how much uh, you affect every game you play in. Your ability to block and change shots is uh, irreplaceable with your size. It was a lot of fun to watch you. So congratulations. And I think that uh, you know as you go off here in a few months, you'll have the support not just of the Floyd Central community, but a lot of people here in southern Indiana wishing you well at that next level. Thank you. 
All right, Wesley Selahusky with us uh, from Floyd Central today to discuss his commitment to Air Force Academy. Again, just amazing, another Division I basketball player from our area. Uh, I think Wesley had uh, Division I hopes and potential, and then, you know, the recruiting process right now is crazy with the transfer portal, and so much has changed. I wasn't sure exactly what level he would land on. You know he's going to be a college basketball player, somebody that could have success at the college game. Uh, but neat to see him, as he said, kind of get some late interest once again from Air Force after a good sectional performance by him and the Highlanders and then get that chance to commit to them and play Division One basketball next season. Again, uh, looking at his stats from this past season, uh, averaged 13 points, 7 rebounds, and 3 blocks a game. He shot 80% from the field uh, during the uh, sectional and was obviously really good for Floyd Central that week. But again, there's no stat to tell you how he really helped uh, Floyd Central on defense with his size and length and ability to even affect shots he did not touch or block. Uh, very, very uh, big part of their success this season, and I know we all wish him the very best at Air Force Academy. Last week, uh, there were also some other commitments to colleges. One of those was Brandon Northern of Silver Creek, and uh, he had a great career at Silver Creek for the Dragons. And late last week, he announced that he's going to attend St. Francis, which is located in Fort Wayne, so he'll stay in state uh, for his college basketball career. St. Francis at the NAIA level is a really good uh, program, really a power, you could say, at the NAIA level. So he'll have a chance to be a part of some successful uh, uh, teams there. And also Brady Moore of Floyd Central, one of the teammates of Wesley Selahusky, who just joined us, he committed to Malone University as well, which is located in Canton, Ohio. It's a Division II program, and uh, we have previously told you that Cole Herrett from Floyd committed to uh, Hanover. That happened a few weeks ago. So a number of commitments now, I think four, off of the Floyd Central team from this past season. We'll head to a commercial break. That's our opening segment. Wesley Selahusky, our first guest. Coming up next, Zach Osterman of the Indy Star will join. We'll talk the latest with IU basketball, Trace Jackson Davis, and more. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. Back with you here on this Monday program, the Thornton's text line open. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star with me in this segment to talk IU basketball and more. And as we were out a couple days last week, there are some big topics to catch up on here in this Monday edition of our program. First, Zach, Trace Jackson Davis was uh, invited to the NBA Combine. There was some question to uh, whether he would or would not receive an opportunity to attend that big event uh, in advance of the NBA draft. So 
after that event, which uh, ends on May 22nd, begins on May 16th, by the way, uh, Trace will have until June 1st to make a final decision. And uh, in between, obviously, I'm sure talk with lots of NBA personnel and people that it can help him uh, as accurately as possible make that decision. But by June 1, he'll have to say, I'm in the draft for good or I'm coming back to IU for another season. So that's a big opportunity ahead of Trace here coming up in a week or so. Yeah, and I don't – I mean, I, I did a story talking just to, to NBA – you know, front office people just to gauge kind of where Jackson Davis's stock was heading into obviously May really kind of is the pivotal month for guys like him, the combine being the biggest piece of that in terms of getting face time with, with teams and, and maybe getting the opportunity to do some testing, do some medical evaluation, do some, um, you know, some, some on court work that might change some minds about people and, and open some other doors. And then obviously just the, the, the parade of interviews, so to speak. Um, I think there was definitely a feeling that, that Trace was going to be a combine guy. The combine is is voted on um, after, or excuse me, among basically the NBA front offices. Who do they want to see? I think I think the way it works is basically everybody submits a list, and, and then it's kind of pared down based on you know whose whose names cross over the most. I think everybody expected to see Trace Jackson Davis there. And it is a big opportunity for him because it's, it's, the, it's the biggest stage he's going to get in this pre-draft process to do all those things that I talked about, all the things I mentioned. And I think it's an opportunity for a guy like him maybe to, you know, I don't know if I want to say change some minds because I don't think that the NBA goes into like the combine thinking, oh, we know everything about these guys and they have to prove us wrong. But certainly to, uh, you know, maybe add some layers to how the league sees him. And, and again, maybe create some opportunities for some more one-on-one interactions and things like that. And I think that ultimately he's the sort of player that probably we aren't going to get a better sense of where he stands in his decision-making process um, until after the combine. Because I think the combine is going to be very important for, for players like him that are in that sort of, could he be a second-round pick? Could he enhance his draft stock? Could he at worst be an undrafted free agent that, that maybe has a really, really good shot at a two-way contract? But then now, now there's this added layer of name, image, and likeness income if you stay in college. It's just going to be fascinating to see. Yeah, I saw some uh, video clips of Trace last week. He's out in Southern California, I believe it is, working with some other players that are NBA hopefuls and uh, he seemed in those just that they were like 10 second, 15 second clips. He really seemed to be uh, trying to show off a perimeter game and a perimeter shot, which we didn't see a ton of uh, this past season at Indiana, even though that was admitted by him and Coach Woodson before the season. That's something he had to, to improve on, uh, probably to help his NBA chances. So that seems to be the obvious area that NBA scouts and people are telling Trace that are in his ear he needs to work on and maybe showcase a little bit at the combine if he's going to get that draft uh, draft opportunity. No, I think, I mean, listen, I, I think, and again, sort of surveying NBA people, people I've, I've talked to before, people I trust, I think what probably IU fans think of Trace Jackson Davis is, is about what the NBA thinks of him. You know, his, his best work has been done at the five. Um, but he's a little bit, from an NBA perspective, probably a little bit undersized there. He's a really good athlete. I think people maybe don't appreciate that uh, enough, like how good of 
an athlete he is, and, and so often I, you know, this time of year I I go in my my TED talk where I said athleticism is more than vertical jump. Um, it's it's how quickly you move in short spaces. It's how good you are with both arms. From obviously as a big man, a shot blocking perspective, a defensive perspective. Um, it's, it's body control. I think one thing that Jeff has shown a real uh, knack for in college is the ability to get up off the floor a second time, basically second jump. So you jump once, nobody gets the rebound because it takes a weird carom. Who gets back up off the floor again probably gets the rebound at that point. I think he's very good there. Um, what I think the NBA is going to be looking for is – you know, basically just can he stretch his game out at both, at both ends of the floor? Right? You know, we, we talk about the jumper and, and, you know, things like that. But it's also, if you're going to be an undersized five, you maybe need to show that you can guard a couple more positions, you know, and, and you can step out and guard versatile fours, you know, like, you know, the, the way that the league has moved toward some of your fours. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm watching the, the, the NBA playoffs last night. I'm thinking about like Tobias Harris, for example. Can you go guard Tobias Harris, even in short stretches? And then obviously at the offensive end, is there more stretch to his offensive game? And I think, you know, one of the questions that's ultimately going to come up here, I think, is that is there more, uh, you know, I feel like you and I may have talked about this before, but is there more value in a guy like that going to the G League where a team can look at him and say, we really like your skill set. We just need you to add these one or two things we're trying to win games every night, but ultimately the G league is there for development. It's okay. If you take eight jumpers in a game and only one of them goes in, if it gets you closer to having a reliable jumper. Um, whereas, you know, in college, if you're playing Ohio state at home in mid February and, you know, first place in the big 10 is on the line and you take a couple jumpers and they don't go in your coach, you know, Mike Woodson might have to look at you and say, you gave it good guns there, but we really need you in the paint, you know, scoring some points. So I think that's, that's maybe kind of the one area where the, the G league versus college two-way contract versus NIL thing gets a little bit, you know, gets a little bit distorted sometimes is like there is more opportunity for experimentation and trial and failure in the G league to get better. Um, that's the way minor league sports always work, and you won't have as much of that in college. But, you, you know, maybe Trace Jackson Davis goes through this process and, and isn't able to show enough of that stuff, and, and you know, people walk away. Or not they walk away, but the team's kind of cool on it because of it. Yeah, going to be interesting to see. Then once the combine ends, he'll have, I think, about, what, seven or eight days to make a final decision on if he – uh, keeps his uh, college eligibility, goes back to Bloomington, or if he keeps his name in the NBA draft. So I'm sure for IU fans, they'll be trying to get all the news and nuggets they can from the combine to see how he's performing and then, of course, uh, find out what his ultimate decision will be. It's kind of a tough spot for a fan of IU basketball because I think you want Trace to uh, do well for himself and, and have a chance to uh, – become another Hoosier at the NBA level. Uh, but at the same time, you would like to see him back and probably uh, I think fans are salivating a bit thinking about who else is going to be back or coming in next season. And if Trace is there to lead the way that maybe this IU team could have a really special year. So uh, some suspenseful and I'm sure tough uh, weeks uh, ahead, at least a couple weeks ahead for IU fans on TJD. No, I mean, I think that's very fair. I think, I mean, 
I, and again, I think this may be something that we've, we've talked about a little bit too. Um, you know, as things shape up right now and, and you know, in, in this, um, in this, this transfer portal era and NIL and everything, you know, I think we, everything is largely settled down, but you, you, you can never, you know, factor, you can never just completely rule out some, some 11th hour change. Um, there's not a presumptive favorite in the Big Ten next year. There's not a Purdue, you know, from last year where you look at it and say, you know, the, the, the league title conversation has to start with them or a Wisconsin in 2015 or an Indiana, in, you know, in, in 2013. Um, there's a small group of teams that I think have reason to believe they'll be in and around that conversation. If Trace Jackson Davis comes back, I think Indiana will be one of those teams. Right. Um, I, I, I think Indiana will, uh, you know, I think that's the ambition Indiana will rightly hold. And I think that's why it sort of feels like Indiana's offseason now is, if not complete, then largely settled, but for the Trace Jackson Davis question and any move that Mike Woodson and his staff might want to make is, is being held off until they get final clarity on Trace. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star, my guest, talking about Trace Jackson Davis's NBA Combine and what the future looks like for him. Also, some big news last week, a game announced for Saturday, December 10th, Indiana against Arizona that uh, is going to be played in Las Vegas. So uh, we're beginning, I guess that's the next stage in this offseason time, to learn bits and pieces about the schedule for next year. Uh, and it's hard to believe it'll be months from now that we'll finally be able to piece all this together and basically know uh, the full <laughs> schedule for IU basketball. And, of course, a lot of excitement about next season, regardless, I think, what happens with Trace. But uh, that's a, a really nice addition to the schedule and I think a, a treat for fans in the offseason to learn about a big game in Vegas. Yeah, and, uh, you know, for, for what it's worth, my understanding is this stuff's not finalized. You know, there's layers you got to go through in terms of, making sure the venue is good, making sure you've got a TV partner, because obviously somebody's got to put this on TV if it's not, you know, some uh, some wider contractually contractually arranged thing like the ACC Big Ten Challenge. But I, I have really no reason to doubt that it's going to happen. Um, I think it is, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of Mike Woodson making good on his word. He said very early on, probably around this time last year, when we were asking him questions about scheduling, saying, I don't want to overdo it in year one. I don't want to throw these, these guys into the deep end of the pool before I'm confident they're ready to swim. But long-term, I want Indiana to be on these stages in these games. And, you know, no offense, but the Crossroads Classic just didn't serve that a lot of the time. The Gavit games, quite frankly, well, I think they're a good idea, and I think they should stick around on their own. They have not served that. And, and you can look at Indiana last season – and how the committee clearly viewed Indiana's non-conference schedule and say that with, I think, a level of relative certainty in terms of saying that the, even beating Notre Dame and St. John's just wasn't going to be enough to hold them up. And if Indiana had scheduled a little bit more difficult in the non-conference last year, maybe they're not in the first four. Obviously, you've got to win those games. That goes without saying. But you've got to put yourself on those stages and create those opportunities. And I think, too, you know, if you're Indiana and you want to be seen as nationally relevant again and that's such a that's such a broad brush phrase it can mean a lot of different things but 
you want to play in games like this. Listen, and, and I don't, I'm not trying to start a fight with anybody, but again, going back to the, the conversations you have with NBA people around this time of year, the Big Ten does not have the best reputation in the NBA. It, it just does not. You know, pace of play, physicality, you know, the, the, the way the game is called in the Big Ten, the feeling that maybe guys aren't given the opportunity to really explore their skill sets and, and, and you know, show everything that they're capable of. Well, now you can go to a recruit and you say, well, if that's a concern for you, and, and I, you know, I, if, I'm, if I'm on IU staff, I'm sitting in the living room and saying, I'm not sure I completely agree with that, but if that's a concern for you, we're also playing Kansas. We're also playing Arizona. You know, we're going to be back in Maui in a few years. We're, we're always going to have an ACC team on the schedule. This is how you take that step. Um, this, this is a way to take that step. When you're putting yourself in one of the marquee games, and those two, those two weekends, the second and third weekends of December, when college football's regular season is over, particularly the Saturdays, because obviously the Sundays still belong to the NFL, the Saturdays when college football's regular season is over, the NBA hasn't really geared up yet. Obviously, baseball's in the distant past. Those two Saturdays, the second and third Saturdays in December, are huge, huge college basketball days. And you want to be in one of the marquee events. There was a time when one of those days was Kentucky for Indiana. And I think the Crossroads Classic, as an example, was a good sort of, you know, second chair on your non-conference schedule when you had Kentucky. When you lost Kentucky, if you're Indiana – and you didn't really replace it with anything post that three, three year Louisville series. Suddenly you didn't have enough heft. Now you've got the heft again and you had to walk away from the crossroads to do it. And fair enough, but now you've got the heft again. These are the kinds of events. These are the kinds of games that if you're Indiana, you want to be playing. in. now again, you, you need to win them. They're not that valuable. If, if you go there and get beat by 20, but you got to be in the game first. You've got to have the ambition to schedule the game first. And I think that's, what's important for Indiana and for Mike Woodson and, and maybe the sense that Woodson even learned a little bit of a lesson on selection Sunday saying, okay, let's not let them think that about us again. Good stuff from Zach Osterman of the Indy star on the IU schedule for next season. Uh, Zach moving along. One other thing I want to catch up on from last week is the uh, transfer portal recruitment of Dexter Dennis, the Wichita state player. He took an official visit last month to IU and uh, I tell you what, for a transfer portal recruitment, this thing is really stretched out. He did announce late last week that Indiana is in his top six, uh, joining Clemson, Georgia Tech, Kansas State, Texas A&M, and Vanderbilt. This has been uh, one of the longer recruitments. Sometimes these things aren't even that public. The recruitment seems to happen really quick. A player's looking for a new home. Maybe they take a visit. Maybe they don't. They commit. Boom. Things are set for next season. But this one is dragged on, and I think that underscores Dennis, uh, all the things he does and that college coaches are seeing what he could bring to their program and be eligible for next season uh, while he's got so many different people after him. And he's having some tr trouble, it seems, paring this thing down. And I think there's maybe, you know, you can be guilty of, uh, I think maybe some Indiana fans be guilty of filling in the blanks too easily and saying he's waiting on Indiana. Um, it, it's possible, I think. Maybe that he is. You know, he's not he's not bound to any deadline that any school is not putting on him um, because he was in the portal well before the May 1st deadline for immediate eligibility. Um, I mean, he, to me, he is an intriguing player. He was, if I'm not mistaken, he was American Athletic Conference Defensive Player of the Year last year. 
I know he didn't shoot great from three last season. Um, he was only 29.7%. But you look at the other three years he's been in college, he shot 40% on 135 attempts as a freshman, basically 33% on roughly 250 attempts or so the next two years after that. So you're talking about any six foot five, he's kind of a guard wing type. You're talking about the sort of player Indiana maybe doesn't have. If you can get that three point shooting number up to like 36% on good volume, you know, maybe 130, 100, 120 to 140 attempts. Then suddenly you've got that wing defender that, that we talked about so much last year, Indiana not having. And listen, I think maybe Indiana got a little bit more exposed by that hole in its roster last season than, than normal because you had so many good sort of hybrid two, three wings in the league. A lot of those guys obviously are going to be moving on now, the Keegan Murrays, the, you know, the Jake Nivies, the Johnny Davises, et cetera. But it's not like they're all going to be gone, and it's not like they're, none of them are going to get replaced by somebody else with a similar skill set. I also do think, to, to be fair, guys like Trey Galloway and, and Miller Kopp and Parker Stewart got a lot better defending some of those players as the season went on. Um, again, from Indiana's perspective, they don't have a scholarship available unless or until Trace Jackson Davis officially says, I'm, I'm, I'm done with college, I'm putting it down, I'm going to stay in the draft. Um, I think that it, it is very possible that at least from IU's perspective with Dexter Dennis, they're sort of in a holding pattern and saying, we'll have room for you if this scholarship opens up. Um, you know, is, is it possible he's waiting for that? Sure. Is it possible he's just still sifting through all of his, his different sort of opportunities? Yeah, that's definitely possible too. But I think he is a very if, – if Indiana lost Trace Jackson Davis but added Dexter Dennis, I would not call that a net positive simply because you can't lose 18 points and 10 rebounds a game and just snap your fingers and be, ah, we're so much better for, for the trouble. But that would – not be, I think, just a complete loss because I think it would, while you would lose something in one area, you would gain it in another. And you might be a little weaker down low, but suddenly you'd have a strength you didn't a season ago. I think it would be intriguing to see how Dexter Dennis fit. But obviously that is, at least from Indiana's perspective, that, that is an awful lot of moving parts. So, you know, we, it, it will just, I guess, kind of see how it goes. Taking the Dennis recruitment just a step further, you know, you mentioned the scholarship situation that if TJD does not go to the NBA and Dennis were to commit to IU, uh, IU over their scholarship limit by one for next season, is is IU's recruitment of Dennis, you think, uh, maybe could indicate that they expect Trace to stay in the draft or is the recruitment of Dennis with the possibility of Trace coming back to take advantage of the NIL opportunities he'll have just a sign of college basketball today that you've got to recruit, you've got to fill your needs, you've got to go after a good player that's available, and if you end up over the scholarship limit, you figure it out then? Yeah, no, I mean, I think I think it's probably more the latter. I mean, it's, it's worth remembering that, like, I think Dennis set his – visit up in mid-April right around the same time that Trace Jackson Davis declared for the draft and again you know it's, it's a little bit artificial I think it kind of snuck up on all of us a little bit but this, this May 1 deadline for just getting the blanket immediate eligibility waiver um, I just sort of think like I think it really is more just kind of what you said there in the second you just you always have to be I'm not trying to sound like Alex Baldwin from Glen Gary Glenn Ross but like you, you just kind of always have to be recruiting. You always have to be looking at options and things like that. And that's, listen, that 
and, and this isn't me trying to say, oh, Mike Woodson has an NBA background. He's so much better equipped for this. That is kind of how it works in the NBA. Like, you, you don't go into an offseason and just be like, well, we're going to sign these two guys and then re-sign these two guys and draft these two guys, and that's it. That's our offseason. You're constantly sort of figuring out, well, he's available. We don't have a need for him now, but what if we traded a piece on draft night and he's still there, then he can come in and fill that hole because we needed to move that player on to move up in the draft to go get somebody else. Or, you know, we were able to draft, you know, somebody we didn't expect. So suddenly they filled a hole that we didn't think we'd fill this off season, which means we can move some resources over somewhere else. It is not dissimilar to the way that, that an NBA team navigates an off season of, of kind of roster building and transition. Um, I think that from Indiana's perspective, I don't know that Dexter Dennis and Indiana's involvement in Dexter Dennis signals anything they know or don't know about Trace Jackson Davis this time of year. Let's walk down Kirkwood. You can find 10 people who swear they know what Trace is going to do, and they'll give you 10 different answers because everybody knows somebody who knows somebody who knows a player or a coach or a booster or whatever. Um, I think that it's it's really more just kind of you've got to have you got to always make sure there's enough irons in the fire that if if a hole opens up you can close it or if an opportunity opens up you can jump on it and I think that's probably where Indiana is here. All right, Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star covering a lot of ground with us on this Monday program. I've got one more thing I want to bring up: uh, the Evansville job, the University of Evansville. Uh, has been a tough situation in recent years. That one time they were a really good mid-major program in our state. They're looking for a coach, kind of a late change. An athletic director came in uh, recently and then decided to make a change for next season in college basketball. One of the names of a handful, and there's a number of names that could make sense for this job, but one of the names that is getting some traction and maybe there's mutual interest uh, is Tom Crean. Could he return to the Hoosier State to take a mid-major job and see if he can resurrect the Evansville program? I thought that was an interesting mention for that Evansville job. Yeah, and I'm not – I mean, I, I kind of sniffed around that last week and tried to figure out what was, you know, what was – fact and what was fiction there and I'm not sure if he's you know a, a front runner or anything at this point although I'll also be very clear I'm, I'm not I'm not going to claim that I have just absolutely ferreted out all possible truth in that situation I think he would be personally an, an interesting name um, because I think that is an interesting job they've got a, a relatively good facility down there obviously you've got a captive market it's it's a decent sized city um, you're in a conference in the Valley that has shown an ability in the past to support multiple, you know, to, to be a multi-bid league. Obviously the Valley has, has kind of gotten, you know, roughed up a little bit here. I mean, you, you go back like 10 years, we're talking about a league that still has Wichita state, still has Creighton. Um, you know, I think doesn't even have Loyola yet. And Loyola's of course kind of become the class of that league. And now Loyola's about to leave, for the Atlantic 10. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is even as some of these teams have come and gone, even as, you know, maybe the, the personnel or the, 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 the roster within the league has changed, the Valley has always been able to support multiple good programs. There are reasons why you could sell me on Evansville being one of those programs. And if you get the right person in that job, I'm not saying that they're just, you know, gonna, I'm not saying it's a cakewalk by any means. I mean, you look at Evansville's last 
however many years. The last time they had a winning record in conference play was 2016. You know, they've only had they've only finished with a winning record in conference play, I think, twice in the Ken Palm era. Um, I guess twice since 2000, and that goes you know that goes all the way back to, to Jim Crew's time there. They don't have an NCAA tournament appearance anywhere in there. Um, you know, I mean, it, it, it's not a program that has sustained that success, but if you just look at it on paper, you do feel like the, the capacity for that is there if you get the right person in that job and you really commit to it resources-wise, institutionally, et cetera. Um, I would be fascinated whether it is Tom or it's, it's somebody else where Emmonsville goes with that job because I, I do think there is more potential there than maybe has been realized in the last two years. Zach Osterman of the Indianapolis Star with us Mondays on IU Basketball and more. Zach, thank you so much for your time today. We'll do it again next week. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, as always. For sure. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll come back with a final segment, catch up on some other news coming out of the weekend. Stay with us. This is a Monday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back with you here on this uh, Monday program final segment. Chad Gilbert has some more meetings in Indianapolis, so he'll be back with us again in this segment next week. But some other news to get to. I want to tell you, we've got high school baseball tonight on the Big X, Floyd Central at New Albany, 6 o'clock first pitch, and that's when we'll be on the air tonight. So join us for that. And then Hoosier Hills Conference uh, baseball, it's a tournament week. You've got all the first-round games on Monday, you've got second round on Wednesday, and then you've got placement round games on Friday. Tonight, uh, Floyd Central at New Albany, that's the game we'll carry. Uh, also, Bedford North Lawrence is at Seymour tonight, and Jeffersonville, the other local team in the conference, they play at Columbus East. The New Albany Floyd Central winner uh, will take on the uh, Bedford Seymour winner, and the Jeff Columbus East winner will take on Jennings County, who gets a bye, and of course, a little different uh, this year, just a seven-team conference tournament with Madison no longer in the Hoosier Hills Conference Tournament. So join P.K. Falkenstein and I tonight from Mount Tabor Field in New Albany for a big rivalry baseball game between Floyd Central and New Albany. The teams were supposed to play a few weeks back. It was canceled because of weather. They rescheduled the regular season game for Saturday Derby Day, but ultimately did not play that game. So tonight, this Hoosier Hills Conference Tournament first round game will be the first meeting between the two rivals from Floyd County and we'll have the pitch-by-pitch coverage coming up for you tonight at 6 o'clock on the Big X. Also, uh, some other news to pass along. Announced by Inside the Hall and our friend Alex Bozich earlier today, uh, future IU guard Gabe Cups is going to play a high school basketball game this coming winter in New Albany. Uh, he is going to his team, Centerville, Ohio, going to play the New Albany Bulldogs at the Doghouse. So IU fans will get a chance to see the uh, future IU guard Gabe Cups, who's been on this program 
as has his father. The coach of Centerville, Ohio, should be a good matchup, at least a showcase opportunity uh, to see Cups. Now, his Centerville team's very good. In fact, at one point, Cups had helped lead uh, Centerville to, f- to 45 straight victories, which also included a state championship back in 2001. And they finally lost in the uh, state championship game this past season when they finished runner-up in their class in Ohio. Of course, Cups committed to Indiana back on November 16th. He averaged 14.3 points, 6.8 rebounds, 2.5 excuse me, 6.8 assists, 2.5 rebounds, and two steals as a junior. He was Mr. Basketball in Ohio as a junior this past season. So you'll get to see him here locally in southern Indiana coming up as a senior at New Albany. And that game has been set for December 29th at New Albany High School. So always a fun time over the holiday break when you've got tournaments and other things going on. Uh, Kind of an interesting opportunity to bring somebody in from out of town. And I'm sure with the IU connection there, there will be a lot of IU fans in the area that want to see Gabe Cups and uh, what he has to offer. A true point guard is how... He's been described to me up close and personal, but he will play a game at New Albany next season, which will be a lot of fun. Also, some sad news to pass along. I saw multiple reports of this. Former Michigan State basketball standout Adrian Payne has died at 31 years old. He played four seasons at Michigan State. He was a first-round pick of the Atlanta Hawks back in the 2014 draft. Uh, No details on his passing. Uh, He's been playing professional basketball recently overseas. I don't remember exactly where his last stop was, but uh, sad to see that uh, release, that news earlier today, and uh, no further details on his death. Also, uh, an interesting story. I've not had a chance to read it yet. Somebody sent it to me when we were on air during the Zach Osterman segment, but IU volleyball coach, Steve Aird, uh, there's a piece in the IDS, the Indiana Daily Student, which is the college student-produced newspaper uh, in Bloomington uh, that uh, really uh, hammers the IU volleyball program. The story reports that 15 of 25 IU volleyball players left the program before finishing their eligibility as the team's record has also declined. The players uh, allege it's due to the culture of fear uh, that Coach Aird has built around IU Volleyball. And the story includes lots of interviews, although anonymous, with former players, not just from Indiana, but from Maryland as well, where Aird was at before his time in Bloomington. Aird, very influential guy in, in volleyball in our, our country, really, in college volleyball. So I look forward to reading this and uh, seeing what comes of it. Obviously not good news right now surrounding the IU volleyball program. Uh, IU athletic director Scott Dolson, his his big challenges so far have been uh, keeping some coaches but also hiring Mike Woodson. Uh, this volleyball situation could easily become his first controversy to really have to work through in his time as athletic director. That's going to wrap things up for this uh, Monday edition of the program. Back with you Tuesday at 11 a.m. We'll be joined Tuesday by our regular lineup of guests, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, also Mike Pegram of Pigs.com, and more on our Tuesday program. And another reminder, tonight at 6 o'clock, 
from Mount Tabor Field in New Albany. It's the start of the Hoosier Hills Conference baseball tournament. Tonight we have Floyd Central at New Albany, 6 o'clock first pitch, and you can join us for that coverage right here on the Big X. We may be back later in the week uh, to follow some of the local teams in that tournament uh, on another signal with Bats Baseball uh, here Tuesday through Sunday, most weeks on the Big X. But we'll have on the Big X tonight, 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, and streaming online at BigXSportsRadio.com. The Floyd Central at New Albany baseball game tonight. Make sure you join us at 6 o'clock. We'll be right on at the first pitch of the game tonight. So join us for that here on the Big X. Have a great Monday. Glad to be back after a few days away last week. We'll have a fun week and hope you'll join us each and every day here as we bring you the latest on IU and Southern Indiana sports. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Matt Dennison.